I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is like chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. All right, here we go again, Paulie. 315-437-7644. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation, game day edition of the show. Yeah, you want to talk about the team? Q's Florida State tonight down in Tallahassee. We've got Jerry McNamara coming up at 1230. Yeah. Uh, it's game day, so you you caught up with Jerry before the show started. Again, you're lazy, and I'm I have lazy. to do the interviews yep. all by myself. Yep. Couldn't get here uh, to do that interview, but you did catch up with Jerry. Uh, we'll, we'll play that back for you at 1030. And then Jeff Colhane, the voice of the Florida State Seminoles, will join us at 1.30. Talking about disappointing seasons. Uh, it has been a very disappointing season down in Tallahassee. In uh, Notre Dame, in yep. Syracuse. Yep. yep. Everywhere. Everyone's, everyone's a How about North Carolina? Carolina? Yeah. Getting smacked I, last night by Wake Forest? Yeah, all these teams that Beheim called out slapped their opponents around last night. It's Miami uh, one big, yeah, they, they, one maybe big. a little, little extra motivation <laughs> as they as they hit the court last night. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. I whoa, <laughs> Coach Bayheim's winning for everybody else except for Syracuse. I was reading last night that uh, that no team that's been ranked preseason number one has missed the tournament since they expanded the tournament. It's going to happen this year in the eighties. So it, it, there's a strong possibility. There's there, some rumors swirling down there too that aren't pretty. Yeah, we don't need to ACC. Touch. ACC is a little bit of a mess right now. It's like a soap opera. It's good for your uh, sports talk radio, though, right? Is it? I felt I last night. I was defeated. I went home and I read Twitter and just all the horrible names I got called yesterday <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, are we really doing this? Like we were going to come on and talk about the team and. We already got a caller, Steve. We got a caller right off the bat. We haven't even said anything, so yes. this is not Steve, reacting don't, to us. Don't blame me for us going yeah. in this direction. Brian in Rochester wants to kick us off talking uh, the direction of the coaching situation. Brian, how are you If today? you'd like to insult me, feel free also. Everybody else is. Thanks, Paul. No, I'm not going to insult you. I'm able to watch on QSportsTalk.com, but um, <clears throat> just wanted to follow up on your guys' thoughts yesterday. Um, I was saying I'm a HR executive, and so... I can kind of relate this to real world. Um, when if we have a department that's struggling um, and we have a leader that's that's leaving or been terminated, we rarely look inside for the next opportunity, and um, we usually then look outside um, unless there was a case of someone there that was just not performing due to the leadership and untapped potential. Um, other thing is. Um, you mentioned about the, the the group of players at risk of losing. I really think that if you have an opportunity to get an experienced head coach, you 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 accept the loss in the short term for the long term gain. That you might lose a group of players, but if they have that head coaching experience and past success, 
you have to trust in that rather than taking someone who doesn't have the head coaching experience. And you cited, you know, Georgetown and Louisville. Those guys are former players without any head coaching experience. That's part of the reason why they're in the situation they're in. It's because they didn't hire a coach that had success as a head coach anywhere else. Um, so there's a whole bunch of points with it. And the players on the staff, I, I'm old enough to remember them as players and have great fond memories of them. Um, so, you know, and you guys have a relationship. They come on your show. Um, we'll see how it plays out. I hope it works out for everyone. Go Orange. All right, Brian. Appreciate it, you checking It was in. sensible talk. Yeah. It was good stuff. The only thing I have that separates me from the in-house thing that's different than a job, if and I see, I've seen it here. I have seen it here. If you hire somebody from outside of the office when there's other people that think they're capable of doing the job, it doesn't it doesn't go well. Also, the morale in the office tanks. Right? Yes. And I and I don't know that and you know, Brian brought up some good points there. I don't know if you can point to let's let's take the Louisville example for instance. Is it because it's a former player who hasn't had success as a head coach at a high level or is it because that program was was starting over? With new players and really starting from scratch, and then you know I realized the situation down there is different in that they went through a scandal and things didn't go well, and they had to start. They were forced to start over. Um, but I don't know if it's because it's you know a lot of people were excited about that Kenny Payne hire. Let's remember that yeah. at the time everybody was and excited may, about, and, and he may be a good coach, right? But this situation is clearly not working. They're probably going to make a change. You, not yet, no. Uh, no, he's 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 fine for a couple years. A couple years, I, I would say. I think he's got if he three. Gets, if he gets through this year, he also was in a position where they were waiting on the NCAA tournament or the NCAA right. to put sanctions down on him, so they couldn't get anybody. I mean this this is uh, this is as bad as it gets, though, right? Yeah. Um, I think he's fine for this year. I, I would say next year's a big year for him, though. And I got killed on Twitter yesterday for comparing BC and Pitt to Syracuse. Well, basically BC. My point was, I used two schools in the ACC that left the Big East. And are in the same region. BC was never Syracuse. Pitt was, they both only made one Elite Eight, I think, in their history. But they were winning basketball games. They both hired experienced head coaches to replace their winning head coach, and it didn't go well. It's a tough spot. Like, there's no easy solution. Because like if there Stallings was, was supposed to be a great hire for yeah. Pitt, and he and that went, went horribly wrong. Yeah. Horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and listen, you know, you mentioned social media. It, it's tough because I know that we, you know, we post these videos from the show, and they're two minute snippets of what we talk about for two hours. And I feel like yesterday, the snippet that got out there, people were responding about, "Oh, fine, we'll let Bayham coach forever." That that is that is not what we were saying, and it was in the context of a greater discussion about. Cleaning house. That that was that was the point that we were talking about yesterday at length. Was to truly clean house means not just Beheim goes away, but the assistants all go away. Many of the players likely go away, and you are literally starting over with someone new. Like that is what cleaning house is. That's what we were discussing yesterday. And so the you know the little two minute video that got out there. A lot of the responses were about Beheim's future. Bayham's not going to be here much longer. Yeah. It might be the end of this year. It might be the end of next year. But there is an end in sight to Jim Bayheim. And I, it, what we're talking about is what comes next. 
And if you go outside the program, if you if you go with with Jerry or Red, what what to do there? And but to, but for somebody to say clean house, it can't get worse. That's what I took issue with yesterday. Is that it could get a lot worse. Now there's no guarantee that you know if you go with Matt Langle or you go with Red or Jerry, like there's no guarantee. There's a risk anytime you change over from one coaching staff to the next, whether it's inside the program, outside the program. But to say that throw up your hands and say clean house, like burn it all to the ground and start over again. I think people need to be careful with that because do you do you really truly want to do that? And everybody was telling us for looking at it that way. Like we're not saying it can't get better. It's just the bar is so high; it's going to be hard to get. What what are Syracuse fans going to accept from the next head coach? Well, it is it is a tough spot no matter where you go. Let's Whoever, for the sake of argument, let's say Matt Langle gets you know. I'm just throwing a name out there because he's been mentioned with, you know, some of our callers and listeners have said, you know, Matt Langle's had a lot of success at Colgate's from this area. You know, he 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 would come here and do a great job. What if he gets off to a slow start and everybody's throwing up their hands? Well, they didn't pay Rick Patino to come in. It it is a real this is a really tough spot for whoever is next. Yes. There's a lot of pressure on whoever is next, whether that is somebody from inside the program, whether it's Jerry or Red or whether it's Matt Langle, or who, like you bring in somebody else, Jason Hart, Mike Hopkins, whoever is next, there is a tremendous amount of pressure here to win right away. Steve, I did a little research. Okay. You're not going to like this. Okay. But I did a little research. And this is what you, I'm going to, it plays into what you're saying. The next coach has a lot of, you know, a high bar to live up to. People right now want a clean house. And let's just say, Everybody says it's been a bad 10 years. Past 10 years have been horrible for Syracuse basketball. You know, and it it hasn't lived up to the 80s, the 90s, and the early 2000s. Correct. But where do you think Syracuse ranks among the 358 Division One basketball teams playing in wins in the past 10 years? Because it's compared to a top 10 program all time, it's not good. But even the down is setting a lofty spot for the next head coach. So we're talking all Division One programs, the just the strictly the number of wins, number of wins, tournament included, ten years, past ten years. Man, put me on the spot here. I will say around thirty, forty-four. Okay, which is kind of a weird number for Syracuse to have, but yeah, they're forty-fourth. Right. That means there's 314 teams that are worse than them. Right. But the, the the rebuttal to that though would be, you know, there's only what 65 power fives, whatever whatever the exact number is. Um, but they're all in college basketball. You're all playing for the same thing. Right. Right. But for you know, 44th is that's that's a bubble team, right? Because yeah. you've got the you know. 32, 34 at-large bids. I know it changes slightly depending on who, who you know, the conferences that get automatic bids, but that's that's a bubble team, and that's what they've been, right? Yeah. That, that's why I threw the number around 30 because I yeah. was thinking around, you know, they're around a bubble team every year. Where do they rank in NCAA tournament? Games? Oh, God. They're not top 10 anymore. They were up till two years ago. Like all time? Or no, you're no, in no, the last in the 10 years? last 10 years. I don't know. Um... Uh, I'll give you I'll say 18th. 16th. Okay. Steve. It's not so bad. That so whoever is next, if it's in house, it's out of house, if it's next year, if it's in two years, he, they're gonna have to do a lot to keep this fan base happy if this is what's got them mad. 
right? Yeah, because what if the new coach comes in and it's just more of the same? Because that what is more of the same, okay, but it's just not an old grumpy guy. Well, that I, you have to keep sending apologies for. Is I, that I will, okay? I will say this: I think I think some fans have the belief, and until we see it, no one knows for sure, but I think there is a belief out there that if it's someone in-house, that it's going to look the same, and I I don't think that's accurate. No, I know the, both I, of them. They, the, they're different people. Right. Red said on our show, if I'm a head, when I become a head coach, I play a man-to-man. Right. Right. So I don't think people, and I understand why they do it, right? Because it's he's been here 47 years. They've all played for him. Is it just going to be, is the next guy? And, and that's what happened down at Duke, right? Mike Krzyzewski stepped down, and then... Let's not forget, everybody thinks there was this plan in place at Duke. There was like John Shire was hired after Coach K was done. Like the season well, was already over. And they wanted to give it to Tommy Amaker. Well, and then I Coach feel like K Coach K, I feel like Coach K had the plan written. Well, right. right. <laughs> but the Duke didn't know about right, it. Right. He, he he had his own plan. And Tommy Amaker was offered the well, job by a, Duke. See, that's a, and he talked him out of it. That's an interesting name that I throw out all the time. Tommy Amaker? Yeah. He's a heck of a coach. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, if I'm hiring in a situation like this, I'm going to look at, yes, it can get better, but I'm also going to look at it, it can get worse. And for us pointing it out is not... Well, right, and where I, was go, where I was going with that was I, I think that Coach K, in a lot of ways, if you read the reports and if they're true, you know, he handpicked John Shire because he wanted Shire to be an extension of what he was and he wanted to stay involved with the program and have control over the program and, and keep his hands in it. And I understand that people don't want that here. I don't think that you would be getting a clone if you went with no. Red or Jerry. In fact, I would feel very confident in saying you're not getting a clone, a, a Jim Beheim clone in Red or Jerry. So, And I understand why people would think that, and, and their knee-jerk reaction would be that, but I don't think that's going to be the reality. And I was going to say, if I think it's a matter of when both of those guys are head coaches, whether it's here or somewhere else. Obviously, they can't both be a head coach here. And going back to the call we got, Steve, this is different. Like, if you're in, like, if I had to get rid of somebody on our staff and I knew it was going to cause all of the rest of the staff to leave, you know, like players would, it would make the decision difficult, you know? Especially if it's not a, they did, if they didn't do something that definitely called for it, right? Right, right. This this is a difficult spot. I can all agree. Yeah, I this don't is a, envy. This is a difficult position for everyone involved. And, and the more I look at things, the more I'm moving towards maybe this is the last year. I don't know, but who knows? Who knows? We'll all find out together. Again, and you said it on the show yesterday, though, if they have some sort of assurance and or a, a feeling that the starting five is coming back. Yeah, he'll be back also. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, all right. Let's get one more phone call in this segment. Uh, Nash in Syracuse up next on the show. Hey, Nash. Hey, how you guys doing today? Good. How are you? Paulie, I disagree with you a lot, but I'm not going to call you any names. I think we can have a civil conversation. Well, feel free. I, I can take it. Yeah. I'm the youngest of eight kids. I've uh, I've been beat up a lot in my life. Nah, you're a good guy. We can disagree. Two things I wanted to hit on. The, the first caller kind of got on it first. And I, I think we all agree we like these young players. The freshmen, they have a good future here. But I, I don't know, regardless if the coaching staff comes back, there's no guarantees that these guys would return. There's... They could get poached by another school. What's to stop Kentucky from stealing Judah Mitz? 
just giving them a big NIL package, you know, they could be gotten from other schools. Yeah, they can. And hopefully, you know, and hopefully basketball today. Yeah, hopefully Syracuse is working on that immediately. Yeah. That, that, yeah I hope I that's think, already figured yeah. out. Yeah, I just think it's kind of the wild, wild west now where there's no guarantees, staff or not, that your core is going to return, even if they're good players. If you lose him to another school and not the pros, that, yeah, that's a big yeah, problem. That's, that hurts. Yeah, that stings. And my other thing was, you were, guys were playing a clip yesterday. I think Bayheim was on Gomez, and he was talking about other programs, how when a coach leaves, they fire another coach. And he's made kind of similar comments like this before that makes you really think they don't really have a plan. If they knew who the next coach was going to be, you would announce it. It, it doesn't serve any competitive advantage for them to not tell people who the coach is going to be. And I, and I kind of picked up on that from his comments yesterday. I agree with that. I said yeah, that I don't yesterday think they on know the coaches. I'm not so sure that the more this plays out, I wouldn't be shocked if Mike Hopkins ends up back here, depending on what the relationship is with him and Bayheim today. I don't, I'm not going to speculate, but I, I don't think they know who the next coach is. I don't know why Jim came out and said they had an ironclad plan. There's no evidence to support that. Yeah, and and that's a good call, and that's a fair point. And and I, I, I don't know. Hearing that comment too makes me wonder. It um, also like I thought about the announcing thing. They before they announce it though, they're going to have to sit down with other members of the coaching staff. Yeah, and say, look, this is we've made happening. this decision, right. and I don't think it would be smart to do it in season. Right. I, I again, I will say this. I, I know everybody wants to know what's happening. Right. If you look around, I, I brought up the Duke example. When Mike Krzyzewski said, this is my final year, they didn't name the successor, right? Right. I mean, it, it, it was, he said, this is my final year. Now, he had a plan in his head, but that wasn't that wasn't made public. And again, behind the scenes, but Duke wanted Amaker. But that turned into a PR nightmare yeah, also right. for not announcing Roy Williams, same type of deal, is that you know he announced it surprised people when he announced. He had a plan, but it was not made public ahead of well, time. Oh, yeah, he kind of put North Carolina in a no- other choice situation, I, but I'm just saying we've we've seen. Yeah. I, I think those two guys in particular are the best comparisons to Beheim because you know legendary coach. They'd been there forever. You know they were going to kind of go out on their own terms. They both did, but they didn't announce the plan publicly ahead of time so that everybody knew. And they still did fine recruiting wise. Um, obviously, Mike Bray, different set of circumstances. It seems like he's kind of getting pushed out. Yeah. But Mike Bray said, "I'm done." Do we know what the plan is there? We we don't know what's next at Notre Dame. So I, I think more so, more so, are you calling for? We need to know when Jim Beheim is done, opposed to that this is gonna, you know, Maybe, this guy's gonna be the next head I coach. I think that would help. I would, I, I think either would help, just calm everybody down. I feel like it. The gas is that the heat is up to a thousand right now, and he's what seventy eight, seventy nine, yeah, seventy eight. Yeah. He's 78. How bad would it be for him to say, look, I'm doing this two more years? He he isn't helping the matter by playing this coy BS with everybody. Just say, I'm going to do it two more. I, you know, I told you to minutes I'd coach him for two years. We're going to try and make a run at the Final Four next year. So you, you asked that question, what, why wouldn't he do it? And I think, like, to me, the answer would be why he wouldn't do it is what if he changes his mind? He he should not be allowed that no, option. No, I know. I'm again. just saying. But he that, already had that. He, you you've he done did that, that one. one, right? But I'm saying that wouldn't that be the reason? That to me, that's really the the big logical reason. Well, why no, he I would, would why I he would assume you would tell Syracuse, 
Syracuse would say, this is a, okay, we're, you, you're stuck with this. Right. And, you know, we've talked about that before, that he doesn't want to be a swan song kind of guy and the whole season being a farewell tour and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, I think those are probably the two reasons why you haven't seen that. A, what if he changes his mind? B, he doesn't want that. Um, but again, we've seen other major programs, Duke and Carolina, recently. Yeah, Jim Beheim is not staying till he passes Coach K. That's off the table. Yeah, I, it's either this year or next year. He's done. I'm firmly believing that now. Yeah, and it may not be. He may want to coach till he's 85, but that's off the table. I think. I've just I've just sat back and thought, this is a lot. This is the loudest it's been. You know, I I remember a time. And I, I didn't do the research, and maybe I will during the break. Syracuse, he, the, it was loud in the early 80s because he couldn't win in the tournament. I don't know if you remember this. Syracuse, Roy Williams went through it. Syracuse went on this string of super talented teams that lost in the second round. Right. And the people were ticked at Jim Beheim. Sure. This guy can't win the big game. Right. So... It was kind of the opposite of what's happening now. They were super good teams making the tournament, losing early on. And the and the fan base was at a fever pitch back then. Right, we're late. We are late. Let's hit a timeout. I know more people want to chime in on this on, on our phone lines. We'll get to those phone calls next. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Oh, this is a banger. Hour number two, Orange Nation underway, Steve. Damn it. Growing up in parentheses makes it a good song. Makes it a good song. Blink 182's artist of the day because they reunited on this day. Love this song. Done. You know what other song I love, Steve? You love the match game. All right. You know, for the, as long as we've been together, the chemistry should be better on that. Don't answer. You want me to say, what song is, is it? it? No, that would be awesome. That would have been better. <laughs> I thought you would just be quiet and I would lead in with. It's time to play the match game. Syracuse basketball match game. The questions are... Exceedingly difficult. It's brought to you by your GPS for financial planning. Oh, he wants to be the sponsor of of that? Yeah. All right, Orange Nation. I don't have three. I'll get it to you. I'll do it. I'll do it later. Gotcha. <laughs> Segment's going great. <laughs> Tonight against Florida State, blank will be the leading scorer. So these are pretty much the same uh, same questions, right? Uh, blank is going to be the leading scorer. I, I, I've been going with either Joe or Jesse. Florida State's typically tall. Yeah. On the back end, if you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Um, I'm going to mix it up today. I'm going to go Judah. Good call. I'm going to go Jesse Edwards. Even, even though the, they've, they've got a little bit of size. Yes, even though... Florida State is big on the back end, Steve. Syracuse will have blank amount of turnovers. Uh, I will say 11. 
Whoa. That's a that's a that, average amount. I'm gonna say eight. Okay. I mean, we as we heard Jerry say, this is a team that's gonna switch on everything. Um, they'll play aggressive. I, I, yeah, I, I think they're gonna have a few more than that. All right, Syracuse playing Florida State tonight. We're talking the game. Benny Williams will play. This is a fun one. Blank minutes. We were uh, we were pretty much spot on. He makes Syracuse. Uh, Big on the back end, Steve. Also, if they go Malik, him, and Jesse. Um, I'll say this. I don't expect him to play more than he did at BC. Played seven at BC. He threw an absolute scud at the backboard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll say he plays six minutes. Eleven. You said that like you have some inside info. You and Jerry talk about that off air? No, I got a good feeling about our boy Benny. He's going to see everybody else is taking a turn, and it's his time. This is a fun one. This is a fun one. you got to do math on this one, Steve. Okay. i got to reset the song. Radio, live. Here we go. Bell and Taylor will combine for blank rebounds. Oh, that is a fun one. Oh... I will say, I will say less than five. Um, I'll I, I'll say four. I was gonna say five. Five. We did not match. You having fun? Oh, I love this game. I love it. Joe Girard will hit blank three pointers. Um, I will give him three. Go five, five three pointers, and he's still not going to lead the team in scoring. <laughs> I was going to say if he's hitting five threes, that's fifteen right there. Yeah, that'll be tough. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just throwing. I'm playing the match game. I'm just, just my gut. Go with your gut. Blank will lead the team in assists. I, I think Judah's due for a huge game, so I, I'll say Judah. I think he's going to play great tonight. Jesse Edwards is going to go for a triple double. Your gut says that? Yeah. That's all I got. It gets us back on time, right? How about the most important question, which is uh, Syracuse will blank tonight. I mean, what's the end result? Oh, good call. That reminds me, there's no game this weekend, so let's make our pick for the pizza for Wildcat. Okay. So it's three and a half, Steve. Syracuse's favorite. I'm gonna say Syracuse just because I. If they lose, I'm gonna. <laughs> I hate. I hate my life. I hate my life if they lose this game. Uh, I'm okay with that. I think tonight's gonna be closer than the BC game, and the BC game as it was was a nine point game, but maybe even closer than the score would indicate. I, I think. I think it's gonna be a close game tonight. Um, it's obviously a game Syracuse should win. Are they gonna win by four or more? I don't know, but I'll, I'll go with you. Wishful thinking. We'll put it out there in the universe that they win by four or more. I think it's gonna be a close game. Okay, I'm going to put it out there, too, just because I need it to happen. And if I lose, I might as well be a double loser, right? You know how that guy said yesterday we had on that was like, I'm going to bet the Chiefs, even though I'm an Eagles fan. That way, even if emotional my Emotional hedging, he yes, called it. Yes. yes, I'm emotionally doubling down. <laughs> no, on, no hedging. Yes, no, I'm just doubling down on my misery. 
So if they lose, I'm going to be miserable both ways. Did you give it any more thought, by the way, about an offensive lineman to score a touchdown on Sunday? No. Why would I no. think of that? I was uh, home reading how stupid I was and what terrible person I was and all of the horrible names that were being written about me on Twitter, and I loved it. I just held my little puppy dog in my hand, Petner, while I was being called horrible names on the, uh, on the uh, Twitter box. All right. That's how I spent my night. Yeah. I need a night off from it now. I was emotionally drained. Well, no night off because now you got to, you have a game to watch tonight. Not from the Twitter box. Well, okay. I assume you'll be on social media during the game. No, no? I sit when I'm home. I sit in the little room with Jordan and Brian, and we watch the game. And I actually take game notes. Oh, okay. And Jordan, you just said you you do it at home. You do it. You're saying you do it here. Yeah, I do it here. Okay. And Jordan, uh, Jordan, right? Last time Jordan tweeted out all my thoughts as they were happening in the game. Like everybody, like boy, that guy sucks. And he would tweet it out. It's like when I read your rundowns last week aloud. Yes. All right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so if if Syracuse covers tonight, you get a free cheese pizza Monday of next week at the Wildcat. Four to eight o'clock, dine-in only. Tip your waiter and buy more food. And Dan will be on tomorrow. Yes. Again, no game this weekend. That's why we're making the pick now. Uh, all right. Let's hit a timeout. Phone lines open if you want to check in. 315-437-6644. We'll talk with the voice of the Florida State Seminoles at 1.30. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. Jordan's in the studio, so this is an appropriate song. What's my age again? Whoa, this song's a little aggressive. I don't like that song. Are you 23, Polly? What's my age again? He said nobody likes you when you're 23. Is that the issue? No, I'm 50. Polly can't remember that. Far back, either can I, for that matter. So, I brought up a topic on uh, in the chat before we get into. You want to talk LeBron? Yeah, yeah. It, it, maybe we should talk about the new okay, all time leading so, point I score. Bring, I want to bring something up before. in the NBA. I don't like the fact that when I self check out places, they then check the receipt <laughs> as I'm walking out. If you don't want me to steal, do your job and check me out. Have a checkout open. Thank you. I'm sorry. I don't like it. I don't like I don't like the distrust. If you trust me to do your job for you, trust me not to steal. It's an interesting take. I don't like it. But that's my next job. There are, there are plenty of bad people out there and they're yeah. trying to catch the bad people. Well, You're not a bad person. You know what? You know <laughs> You know what? That's going to be my If Syracuse loses to Florida State, that's where I'm going. I'm going to be the guy that looks at your receipt on the way out the door because that's all I can do. It's this or that. Wasn't that a segment we used to play, Jordan? Yeah. That was also buy or sell? I think they're all buy or sell. All right. What do you got on LeBron? Um, Can't wait to talk about this. Well, before we talk about it, let's hear how it sounded on ESPN Radio last night. LeBron's record-breaking point. 
to eclipse Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's career total. Westbrook to James at the elbow. James turns. The crowd wants it. James free throw line. James Fade. Jumper. Good! NBA history in Los Angeles. LeBron James. A record that had stood for almost four decades. Now belongs to the King. 38,389 points and climbing. Mark Kestershire on the call there. Great buildup uh, on the call. If 10.9 seconds left in the third quarter, by the way. They're like, nope, just bring the family on the court. Let's take some pictures. He gave a speech, and then the Lakers the blew the game. I know, but... And even Jeff Van Gundy was saying on TNT, he's like, now all the adrenaline's gone. How are the Lakers going to finish this um, game? And they lost to the Thunder. Let me put you guys on the spot. I want to steal a bit from, uh, bit from uh, our friend Brent Axe. This is why they check your receipts at Walmart. Yeah, because I'm a thief. If you were to build a Mount Rushmore of NBA players all time, who is he on it? Yes. I, I think he is. Yeah. Is he know. not on it for you? I don't know. Yes. Because I can't find a spot for him. What do you mean? What are you, I, like Kareem, Magic, Bird, Jordan, or is Kobe no, on there for you? No, or? no. Like, I go even older than Bill that. Russell? Like, Wilt Chamberlain? I can't, Wilt, yeah, Wilt's fine. Wilt, Jordan, Magic is de- Magic's the best. I think Magic's the best basketball player I've ever seen. I don't know. I mean, LeBron's got to be on there, Paulie. I, you know, and then you go Russell. There. I mean, I get the argument, is dude. Russell like, on there? LeBron's I, big thing is I his longevity, but some would say it's easier to have that longevity in today's game where dudes can't beat you up on the court. And But, I mean, nobody's done it for as long as LeBron had fourth in assists, first in points. I know. It's not like he's just ball hogging every time. He can play every position. So I, I was I was looking a little bit further into the numbers today. He he did it. He scored more points than Kareem in 150 less games and almost 4,000 less minutes. Think about that. That's incredible. That is incredible. Yes, he's on he's on the Mount Rushmore. Okay. And I, I think and I think I mean I have one spot open. That could be a lot of different players. I, I think he is, as time goes on here, and listen, I've always been a Jordan guy, and I grew up on Jordan, and he was my favorite player, but, is my favorite player. I'm a Steve guy, too. Like, I don't have Kareem on my list either, and he's number one, two. But this isn't just about scoring, though. I think LeBron, as time goes on, he is making a stronger and stronger case that he's the best ever. And I mean that could be a topic for another day. It's probably a topic for like the month of July when there's not a lot going on. I, I do have one more question before we leave the topic. I don't know. We do have Jeff Colleen coming on in a second, but I know it's a meaningless regular season game. I really do. It was between the twelfth and the thirteenth seeds in the West. Does it rub you the wrong way at all that they made all that hoopla and then the Lakers went and lost the game? It happens. Like there's nothing like I get it, but I could see people being like, oh, well, Jordan wouldn't have let his team lose the game, you know? like Because there are people who would say that. Does it rub you the wrong way at all? No. It, it feels kind of No, they're dopey. not a good team. The Thunder shouldn't be either. They're the youngest team in the NBA, but they're getting destroyed by Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Josh Giddy. Yeah. They're two great young guards, but... I think one of my hottest takes of all time was if I ever had to build a basketball team out of all, like, starting with one player, Magic Johnson's 
is going to be the guy. Over Jordan, over LeBron, over all of them. He could play. He completely changed the game. Of but, I, I mean, you could say the same about LeBron, though, in terms of he can play any position. Like, LeBron truly can play any position. My, look, I'm a Sixers fan, so I watched it happen firsthand. He's a point guard, and he played center in the NBA Finals. Right. No, Magic Johnson like, can't Curry. shoot. K. Like, I, w- I wasn't old enough to watch. I no, just played but he, 2K, you, and he ruined my 2K team because he had that weird one-armed shot, and he couldn't make it. He literally just stole Kareem's hook shot and beat the Sixers. <laughs> and the Sixers had Moses Malone, for God's sake. I, don't know. I, I think LeBron is one of the best at every skill you could have on a basketball court, personally, and... That's where it, it stands for it, it, it's, it's tougher and tougher. Sorry, Steve, it, it's tougher and tougher to make the case off. that he's not the best player of all time, in my opinion. All right. Before we get to our guest, one more like classic NBA thing. I've been watching a lot of wrestling videos, and I've also been watching a lot of NBA videos. And the videos of people talking about Larry Bird trash talking so are good. some of the best videos I've ever watched. There's also a podcast that NBA players are asked the question, who's the first player to whoop your ass? And it's awesome. to Like, the answers are like, and you'll see a huge star. Like, Grant Hill will be like, and he'll just, he goes, you get up to the NBA and you realize, and then he'll name some nobody. And he's like, I got to step it up a notch because, like, this nobody just lit me up for 30 points. Yep. You know? I saw one of those the other day, and I forgot who the player was, but he came into the league and, do you know Alfred Payton, the guard who's known because he has the hair that always falls in his face? He was like, yeah, I was expecting to get like a triple-double my first game, and then Alfred Payton absolutely whooped me. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's good. And the Larry Bird, like, I'm going to tell you where I'm going to go, and then I'm going to make the shot, and we're going to win the game. And he does it. Legendary. This league, man. This league. All right, the voice of Florida State basketball, Jeff Colhane, joining us next on ESPN Radio. 